This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hi YouTube, it's Josh Miles and welcome back to my channel. As you can tell, I'm not in my usual location today. I'm actually in Los Angeles, I'm in the Airbnb, so I apologize for any traffic noises that you can hear. It's very loud in LA, um, and any banging you can hear, there is actually a family that is living above us um, in this apartment, and they have two small children, and they are both very loud, very active, and very happy kids. Uh, so I apologize for any banging that you may hear while I'm recording this video. Not only is LA extremely noisy, as you can tell, I'm not filming on my usual camera, I'm filming on a smaller camera that I could travel with and I'm sick. My voice sounds like I smoke 20 packs a day. So I'm really sorry about that too. Um, but yeah, let's get let's get on with this video. Apologies for not posting this video a week ago. I know I promised two videos whilst I was away on holiday, but I really wanted to take this time while I was on holiday to have time for myself and to relax and then to plan and further research more cases for the near future for you guys. So again, I'm sorry for that, but your girl needed a break. I'd also like to quickly just say that I have three different points that I want to talk about at the end of this video um, that are affecting this channel, so be sure to stick around uh, at the end of this video so you can hear those. And without further ado, let's get into this. I just like to point out this video has not been made to cause disrespect or anything like that. It has just been made to spread awareness about this case by compiling information from various different public sources on the internet. Now, with all that being said, let's delve right into this case. On Friday, the 28th of April, 2017, a group of 20 women made the short plane journey from the United Kingdom to Benidorm in Costa Blanca. And this group of women were all going to Benidorm to celebrate their friend who was shortly to be married. As soon as the group arrived in Benidorm, they dropped off their bags at the My Pretty Payment apartments before jetting out to the local bars and clubs to begin the bachelorette celebrations. However, just a mere hours after the group landed in Benidorm, a 27-year-old newly wedded woman was found dead lying next to the swimming pool of the hotel. This is the curious case of Kirsty Maxwell.
On Friday, the 1st of September, 1989, Denise and Brian Curry welcomes their newborn daughter, Kirsty Emma Curry, into the world in Leith, Edinburgh, Scotland. Now, when Kirsty was just a young child, the small family actually moved to West Lothian in Scotland. I believe it's pronounced West Lothian or West Lothian, I'm not quite sure. Now, the family weren't living in West Lothian for long before they welcomed a newborn, Ryan Curry, into the family. And Ryan's birth would actually complete the family unit, and from then onwards, they, you know, were a general, normal family that supported one another and loved one another, and they had a fairly regular and normal and not very notable, um, upbringing. Now, Kirsty was actually a popular girl at school and was considered to be a very true and loyal friend who all her friends and family knew that they could speak to about absolutely anything and that she would listen. And she was held to such a high regard um, and very lovingly by her family and friends. Kirsty seemed to get on with everybody that she met and she didn't seem to have any enemies per se. Kirsty went to school in Livingston and later graduated and started working for like a multitude of different office kind of jobs, moving between here and there kind of temp work before she finally landed a job at the Lloyds Banking Group. And in this job at the Lloyds Banking Group, Kirsty was very well respected and held in a very high regard by her colleagues and her peers. And that's according to the website KirstyMaxwell.com, which is a website that was set up with information surrounding this case and appeal information. When Kirsty was 17 or 18, she actually met a man called Adam Maxwell. And Kirsty and Adam would then, 10 years after first meeting, go on to get married. And they got married in September of 2016, when Kirsty was 28 years old. Now, according to KirstyMaxwell.com, both Kirsty and Adam were both very family-oriented people who loved their family, got on really well with their siblings, were very close with their siblings and their parents. The couple had actually planned on starting a family together and were in the process of purchasing their first home together so that they could begin a family. However, the couple's dreams would be brutally taken away from them before the couple could even celebrate their first wedding anniversary. And the mysterious circumstances that surround Kirsty's case continue to baffle the public and the police to this day. Now let's get back to that fateful Friday on the 28th of April, 2017, when the group of 20 women landed in Benidorm. When the group of 20 women, which included Kirsty, landed in Benidorm, we know for a fact that they straight away went to their hotel room and checked in. Now the hotel room was kind of like an apartment complex where you'd, your hotel room would be an apartment, if that made sense. It's why it's called My Pretty Pamers Apartment they were hotel rooms stroke apartments. They had all the essentials that somebody would need on their holiday, like a mini kitchen and a living room and separate bedrooms um, so that, you know, you could have a good vacation and you could have a good holiday. It had all the um, the amenities that you would need. Now, because it was a large group of women, 20 women, they obviously couldn't all stay in the same apartment. So they had split off um, into little groups and were each staying in different apartments across the ninth floor of the hotel. And when they got to the hotel, they dropped off their bags in their apartments quickly, put on some makeup, did themselves, refreshing themselves a little bit, put on their, um, got some going out clothes before heading out to the local clubs and 
bars. After all, this group had come to Benidorm on a bachelorette party or a Hindu, and they wanted to start celebrating as soon as they got there. Now, it's difficult to actually piece together the events that took place on this night out, but on all accounts, everything went really well. Everyone had a really good time. Um, everyone drank some alcohol. They enjoyed partying together. Everyone took selfies, danced on the dance floors, and there was no shady characters or anybody like that. There was nothing to indicate, you know, anything was amiss. It was just a regular, fun night out with you know, all the girls. They were all having a really good time celebrating. And on all accounts, Kirsty had a really fun and safe night drinking with her friends. Now, at some point on this night out, as I'm sure a lot of people can relate, Kirsty she got really tired. She'd been traveling the entire day and, you know, she just wanted to go to bed and she just wanted to relax so that she could be you know, feeling good and energized the next day when they properly started their celebrations. They were there for a, you know, short holiday. They, she wanted to be all there and full and energized. So she wanted to go back to bed. Um, this was about, about two to three o'clock in the morning. So Kirsty actually left the bar with a small group of the women, which included a woman called Kerry Langton. And they all wanted also, the same as Kirsty, they all wanted to go back to the hotel to get some sleep. So she wasn't really alone in the fact that she wanted to get some rest. Carrie Langton then walked with Kirsty and a few other women back to My Pretty Payments Apartments tucked her into her bed before leaving and going back to her apartment. Now it's important to note that the friends that were staying in the same apartment as Kirsty hadn't come back on this, you know, earlier departure from the club. They were still out in the clubs having a good time, enjoying themselves, and they were pretty certain and safe in the fact that Kirsty had gotten home safe because she had left with a small group of the girls, they had tucked her in, you know, Everyone, there was, everyone did everything right in this case. They made sure that everybody was safely in bed. They made sure that nobody was left alone and nobody was left in vulnerable positions. And as the group of 20 women all knew each other, it, it was no concern that they separated into smaller groups and a small amount of them would go home. It, it wasn't an issue. And when Kirsty's friends who were staying in the same apartment as her got back to the hotel at about five to six o'clock in the morning, they walked in drunk, very drunk, and saw Kirsty fast asleep in her bed, snoring her head off. And they thought this was really, really funny. Um, they were, they thought for a joke, they were gonna film her on their phones and show her in the morning at breakfast and be like, haha, you were snoring really badly last night. It's funny, you know, that kind of usual friend joke kind of thing. And then between the hours of six and 7 a.m., everybody who was staying in Kirsty's apartment inevitably fell asleep and everything, nothing seemed amiss. Everything seemed to be, it seemed to have been a very successful night out in the town. Everyone seemed to be having a good time. Nothing seemed to be the matter. Little did the girls staying with Kirsty know that they had actually just filmed the last known sighting of Kirsty before her death. At some point between 7 and 7.30 a.m. on the 29th of April, 2017, Kirsty Maxwell was found deceased, faced up, lying next to the swimming pool of the apartment complex. The circumstances that led this newlywed 28-year-old woman, Kirsty Maxwell, to be sleeping safely and soundly in her bed, surrounded by her friends in their apartment, to lying face up on the concrete 
remains a mystery very much to this day. Now, a woman called Leslie Ann was one of the friends that was staying in the same apartment as Kirsty Maxwell, and she was awoken in the early morning hours of the 29th of April, 2017, to loud knocking and banging on the apartment front door. The group inside the apartment immediately woke up. They were shaken by the noise, and they quickly went to open the door, and it was Leslie Ann that actually opened the door and answered the door. Leslie Ann was confronted by police officers standing in the corridor and was quickly informed that Kirsty Maxwell's body had been discovered. Now, in a state of shock, Leslie Ann crossed the apartment to the window that overlooks the pool of the apartment complex and saw Kirsty Maxwell's lifeless body lying face up on the concrete, a sight that still haunts her, understandably, to this day. Now, it's unsure how the local police force managed to get a hold of Kirsty's husband's mobile phone number. Perhaps Leslie gave it to them or one of the other girls on the trip, but they did get a hold of her husband's phone number, Adam's number, and they made the horrendous call. At about midday on the 29th of April, 2017, the Spanish police made the phone call to Adam Maxwell, who had just sat down to watch the Rangers Celtic game that was kicking off. The Spanish police spoke to Adam in very broken English and informed Adam that his wife, Kirsty Maxwell, had died. And that was it. That was all the information they gave to Adam. They simply hung up the phone. Now, Adam's immediate reaction to receiving this phone call in broken English was to phone Kirsty, thinking that it was some kind of a cruel prank. But when nobody picked up the phone, Adam decided to phone one of Kirsty's best friends. And that friend confirms the terrible, heartbreaking news to Adam. Kirsty and Adam had been married barely seven months before her tragic death. And Adam had actually seen Kirsty less than 24 hours before she died after he kissed her goodbye and dropped her off to be taken to the airport. Adam was then tasked with informing the rest of Kirsty's family, including her siblings, and parents. What had exactly happened to Kirsty was initially unclear, but it quickly was determined that Kirsty had actually fallen from the 10th floor of the apartment block, which was actually quite strange because Kirsty's apartment was on the 9th floor and she was staying in apartment 9A. What's even more strange is that it was determined that Kirsty had actually fallen from the 10th floor apartment 10 E, which, as you can guess by the letter at the end of the apartment name, was actually at the opposite side of the hotel to Kirsty's apartment. Even more strange than that, upon further expert analysis, it was determined that Kirsty fell backwards out of the apartment. She had fallen facing in to the apartment. Now, this leaves us with some very pressing questions. Who was in apartment 10E? And what did they see on that fateful morning? And to answer this question, we first have to discuss Benidorm as a holiday location. For those of you unfamiliar with Benidorm as a location, it is a very popular tourist holiday location with a lot of British partygoers and holidaymakers traveling to Benidorm to have a party club kind of holiday. Benidorm has hot weather, it has cheap accommodation, cheap flights from the UK to Benidorm, it has cheap food and cheap alcohol. So what isn't there to love? It is the perfect holiday destination for all British partygoers, especially bachelorette parties. Now in Benidorm, there is actually an area which is called Little England, which primarily consists of clubs 
and bars and accommodation that is geared towards British holidaymakers. They are particularly cheap and they are aimed at people who want to go on holiday and party. It would be expected that everybody staying in the apartment complex that Kirsty and the 19 other women were staying at would also be British. It wouldn't be surprising. Nobody would be shocked to learn that the apartment complex was primarily occupied by predominantly British people. And the five men staying in apartment 10E of the My Pretty Payments apartment complex were all British men. And these men were aged between 27 and 34 years old. These five men would come to be known in the media as the Benidorm Five. Now in this video, due to the fact that this is still an ongoing case and it happened two years ago, it's still quite recent. I will not be using any of the real names of the men that were staying in apartment 10E, and that is to protect their identities during an ongoing case. I do not wish or ever intend to spread misinformation or slander in these videos, and I'd hate to publicly paint somebody as something that they may not be before answers have been found. And again, when I'm discussing theories on this channel, they are all either my opinion or when I state they are my opinion, and they are all allegedly. These are not, can't be taken for fact. So these five men will be known in this video as Man 1 through Man 5. In the immediate aftermath of Kirsty's death, four out of the five men were questioned by the local police, and the fifth man was actually arrested, but then was released without charge. Now let's talk about what these five men told the police. According to the BBC, two of the five men, who we'll call Man 1 and Man 2, were not in the apartment during the time that the following events occurred and unfolded. They were elsewhere. Two more of the men, who we'll call Man 3 and Man 4, were asleep in the bedrooms, and one of the men, the final man, who we'll call Man 5, was sat in the living room drinking alcohol and watching television on his own. That was when Man 5 heard a knock on the apartment's front door and he went to open this front door which opened up into the corridor of floor 10 and he was confronted with a upset woman who we now know to be Kirsty Maxwell. Man 5 then claims that Kirsty tried to walk into the bathroom of the apartment and tried to crawl out of the small bathroom window in the bathroom, but Kirsty was unable to fit through the window. Man 5, confused about what was going on, then decided to go wake up Man 3 and Man 4 to try and get help, but he was only actually able to wake up Man 4. Man 3, when he was questioned, claims that he did wake up a bit, but he didn't really come round and didn't see Kirsty Maxwell that morning. He only properly came round when he heard Man 5 shout, you're in the wrong room, at somebody. Now it is unknown how Kirsty got from the bathroom to the balcony, but she did. Man 3 then claims to have heard Man 5 scream, the girl has jumped. None of the men besides Man 5 claims to have seen Kirsty jump. In fact, none of the men claim to have seen Kirsty besides Man 5 alive. Uh, Man 4 and Man 3 only rushed the balcony and looked down after the fact. Man 1 and Man 2 then returned to the apartment later that morning, completely unaware of the events that had unfolded. Man 5 was immediately arrested on suspicion of homicide by the Spanish police, but was released two days later without charge. All five of the men, the Benidorm Five, 
completely maintain their innocence in this case. Now, these accounts actually suggest a pretty interesting, and perhaps if these accounts are trustworthy, a very solid theory as to what happened on that fateful morning, and why Kirsty Maxwell ended up in apartment 10E. The theory goes that Kirsty woke up at about 7 a.m. after all her friends had fallen asleep. She was still intoxicated, but she realized she didn't have something. Maybe it was a medication, maybe it was a phone charger, or something small and minuscule to that effect. Um, maybe she had put it in a friend's bag on the airplane or given it to another friends before they'd got on the airplane or something like that. So she decided to leave the apartment, walk down the corridor of floor nine and knock on the door of her friend who had that small personal item. So Kirsty did just that and left apartment 9A, walked down the corridor and knocked on one of the doors of her friend's apartment. However, everybody was drunk. They'd come home from the clubs, everyone was drunk and fast asleep in deep sleep. So nobody answered the door and Kirsty was realized this and was like, I'll just deal with it in the morning, I'll ask for it in the morning, I'll just go back to bed and try and sleep off this alcohol. But when Kirsty got back to her apartment, apartment 9A, she realized that she had accidentally locked herself out of the apartment. Kirsty then likely began banging on the front door to her apartment. However, like I said, all of her friends were drunk, very drunk, and were asleep. And if you've ever tried to wake somebody up who was drunk and asleep, very tired, is next to impossible. So Kirsty, who was still intoxicated, decided that she had to get into the apartment via other means. Kirsty's phone, her ID, her credit cards, her debit cards, her keys to the apartment were all inside the apartment, so she had no way to prove identity to anybody. It's unknown whether the front desk of the apartment building was open, whether anybody was there. It is unknown whether she tried to go down and, you know, try and get help from a member of staff. Uh, but this was an apartment complex more than a hotel, so it wouldn't have been likely manned 24-7. So out of options, unable to get into her apartment with no way to contact her friends, Kirsty decided that she would take the elevator up to floor 10, where she would then try and jump from the balcony of an apartment on floor 10 onto the balcony of her apartment on floor 9. She would try and drop down onto her balcony and let herself in. Remember that she was very drunk still and the common sense and logic behind doing that it wouldn't quite have been there. It would have been lost in the panic and upset of being locked out of her own apartment with no way to contact her friends. That is when she went up to the 10th floor. Now to drop on to the balcony of apartment 9A where she was staying, she would have had to have gone through the apartment 10A. However, for some unknown reason, Kirsty was mistaken and walked to the opposite end of the corridor to the opposite side of the apartment complex, and she knocked on the front door of apartment 10E. Perhaps she had heard Man 5 listening to the television inside of his apartment from the corridor and thought that maybe he could help. Then she attempted to drop herself from the balcony of apartment 10E onto the balcony, which is below it, presumably apartment 9E. However, she failed to do so and tragically 
fell. This is the current working theory of the Spanish police in this case, an accidental suicide. A lot of people speculate that something much more sinister happened to Kirsty Maxwell on that fateful morning. And a lot of people speculate that Kirsty Maxwell's death was actually as a result of a homicide. Now, the Spanish police's handling of this case was fundamentally flawed from the offset. They failed to retrieve vital DNA evidence from apartment 10E in the immediate aftermath of Kirsty's death. They failed to retrieve statements from the 19 other women that Kirsty was in Benidorm on holiday with. And even more shockingly, the clothing worn by Kirsty on that fateful morning had been sent to be tested for DNA and have samples taken from it, but was in fact actually destroyed. And it was destroyed by the Spanish Forensic Pathology Department. And even more to this, the investigating officers in the Spanish police force and the Spanish courts refuse point blank to tell Kirsty Maxwell's family whether they are investigating Kirsty's case as a homicide still or whether they're investigating it as a suicide. They're leaving Kirsty's family in the blank completely. This case remains open to this day and it has so many unanswered questions. Now there are many in-depth theories available on the internet that talk about uh, homicide theories surrounding Kirsty's case but you know me I don't like to discuss uh, those kind of theories because I find them to be disrespectful. However, one of the theories states that the men in apartment 10E had actually been using substances uh, as well and alongside of alcohol on the night of Kirsty's death, and that they took advantage of an intoxicated and confused woman who was wandering the corridors of the apartment complex before getting rid of her. Another theory was that Kirsty had taken a substance herself at the clubs, which is maybe why she wanted to go home early or something to that effect. However, this was actually disproven when a toxicology report was conducted on Kirsty's body and it discovered that she had not taken any substances and had only got alcohol present in her system. The five men in apartment 10E in Benidorm actually went to Benidorm from Nottingham and they came from Nottingham to Benidorm with a group of 50 other men none of which were questioned by the Spanish police. No statements were taken, besides the statements given by the five men in that apartment. The Spanish authorities took no action against the five men in apartment 10E. And in fact, the five men were actually allowed to return home to Nottingham just a few days after Kirsty's death. The inquiry into Kirsty's death was initially labeled a homicide. However, it was not treated as such from the get-go. I urge you to conduct your own research into this case. I have left a link to all my sources in the description down below. I've also left a link to kirstymaxwell.com, which contains a lot of appeal information surrounding this case. If you or anybody you know may have information that could aid in Kirsty's case, then please use the contact information that I've left in the description down below. And that's everything that we have for you in today's case. Thank you so much for watching this episode in my Curious Case series. It feels so good to be back again after the summer of true crime. It was so much fun working with all these different creators during that series, but it feels so good to be back 
and to be putting out content for you. Now, as you may know, I'm currently in LA and I've actually been vlogging parts of it and taking videos of what I've been up to and meeting with other YouTubers such as Amber Loves Mystery and Cassie Carlisle. And that kind of footage that I took from those meetings uh, will be available on my second channel. If you don't, haven't seen my second channel, please go check it out. It, it is linked in the description below, or you can go to the website josh.exposed. That's all you have to put in and it'll take you to my second channel. Um, please go subscribe and tell your bell, bell icons on there so that you can be notified when I post content there. It's going to be much more laid back content and not quite as serious as on my main channel. As a celebration of hitting 10,000 subscribers, I initially intended on conducting and doing a charity live stream with a bunch of my favorite creators on the platform. However, we're now nearing 20,000 subscribers and that's crazy, absolutely mental. Um, I do intend on doing a charity live stream, but it may not be taking place until the end of August. Um, and it, I want to be able to aim I need to be able to organize it properly so that we can conduct it in the best way so that we can get as much money from myself and from you guys and from everybody into the pockets of those who need it and to help uh, particularly cold cases and Jane and John Doe cases to help charities aiding those families suffering with such tragic loss and grievances. If you have any recommendations for any charities that we could support in this charity live stream, please do leave it in the comment section down below. Don't forget to like this video if you found it interesting and leave a comment down below telling me what you thought about this case. Subscribe and hit that bell icon so you can be notified every single time that I post. When I get back from LA, I will actually be posting twice a week Week, uh, probably the week after I get back actually because of jet lag but I'll be posting twice a week not on a set day but you'll be getting two videos a week so make sure you've got your bell icon turned on for that if you are in the UK be sure to go to sitsi-event.com and go check out Summer in the City it is a YouTuber convention in London that's happening in two weeks from when I'm recording this video and you can come see me Eleanor Neal George Marie and Caitlin Rose all talk about true crime on a panel together and with all that being said I will see you in the next case. I can't believe that somebody literally walked into my Airbnb. They clicked on the number pad, unlocked the door and walked into my Airbnb whilst I was filming this video. I thought I was about to get murdered live on camera. I'll roll the footage now so you can see it just before I go. Excuse me. Now, babe, I didn't win this. It's a part of the game.